Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and don't be afraid. I bring you great news that Barry's here to share about a sermon and peace in our hearts. But wait, there's more? Before we tell God what we need and thank him for all he's done now that they've painted a picture of some unattainable ideas, let's welcome our favorite co-host rejoicing in the Lord always, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. And again, I say rejoice. rejoice How are you? Rejoice, rejoice. You better rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, uh. I was feeling that. Do you remember singing that in a round? Oh, goodness, yes. Oh, I knew. Okay. I was tracking with you that, 100%. That was like a moment erased from the recesses of my memory. What? That Rejoice song until you brought always. it up during the sermon. I was like, wow, I haven't thought about that song <laughs> in yeah, probably 30 years. Yeah. Right, right. Wow. Yeah, that song was just a staple of yeah. of. Sunday school growing up. For yeah. me. Do kids still sing in the round? Like, do they sing in <laughs> I don't think they even rounds? know what that means. Cause I mean, was there a joy greater than when, when we locked oh, it in? Oh yeah. When we actually, oh, when, the third part when we starts, did it, yeah, we're, we're looking around like, <laughs> we're doing this. Are we amazing? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it felt. Don't I act do, like you're a big show. I do remember that. <laughs> Are we, should we go pro? <laughs> yeah. Or like when the first group kind of ends and the second group trails off uh, in perfect time. Ooh, oh, nothing, nothing better. better. Nothing better. <laughs> Uh, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Good, Tyler. We're in, how are we're you doing? Christmas season, guys. Is, yes. Have you guys gotten hit the, by the uh, Christmas season truck yet? The rain has the reindeer. Are you a reindeer in headlights for the Christmas Christmas season? Well, or? I, here's what I've done, and I maybe regret it. Is I because of some circumstances and a, a little bit of time off and just the weird stuff that was going on in November. I didn't preach at all last month. Yeah. But I thought, you know what? To, to make up for that, I'm just going to preach all of December Yeah, and I'll be gone a little bit at the beginning of January. So I'm also going to preach the first weekend of January. So basically I'm doing like five or six sermons in a row. Yeah. Uh, but because of Christmas craziness and because like production needs the info on the slides early and we need notes early. So I've basically been trying to write like five sermons in two weeks and it's not been uh, Whoa. super easy. So That's I, amazing. No, no, it's not <laughs> past self. It's not, I don't know. No, uh, it'll, be, it'll be fine. It's like, so, I've, I've been thinking about these sermons for a while. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a quite a uh, crushing demand on mm-hmm. my time to, mm-hmm. to like just churn out thousands upon thousands of words. And so, yeah. <laughs> all right. When do you do this? When do you write sermons? Well, normally it's on Wednesdays is my like big sermon writing for like the week of day. Yeah. And then yeah. I, so I do like, pre-work for the series months in advance. Mm -hmm. And then I do research either the week before Mm -hmm. or on Saturday before or Monday of the week of, I'll do my research and outline and try to get my my big idea sorted out and everything. And then on Wednesdays when I really do pen to paper slash keyboard to carpal screen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then Thursday will be a little bit of cleanup and then Saturday morning is finalization usually. So when you're trying to do like five sermons at once, it's it's all, it's all, all happening at the off. same time. Yeah. <laughs> like yesterday, t- today's Thursday. We're recording this a little late in the week, but yesterday I, I wrote my sermon for this weekend and then ate lunch and came back and then <laughs> did all of the, like the fleshed out outline for Christmas Eve. So it's been, it's all very confusing. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure I'll start saying things I, from wrong sermons and stuff like that when I'm yeah. out there. Anyway. Right. Yeah. So, so it's good. It's all a whirlwind for you. Yeah. Right. But it's now. fine. It's the job. So 
Marin, things uh, smooth sailing in your world? Are <laughs> yep. you doing all right? Nothing to see here, Tyler. <laughs> you, guys, you guys okay? Nothing to see here. Well, here's what happens. All right, so Marin oversees the weekend experience, which includes things like everything that you see and hear in the auditoriums on the weekends. And lobby? A little bit. Spills in the lobby a little bit. So really, like, it's one week where like, hey, happy Thanksgiving. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. And then smash cut like 20 minutes later, there's Christmas trees everywhere and (laughs) lights up and there's things hanging from the ceiling in the auditorium. Yeah. Your, your team is like magic. My team is magic. I know it's a lot of work. So can you kind of like give us a little insight into maybe some shout outs to all the people who have helped to bring this Christmas season kind of to life? Because it, it really did feel like even working here, I walked into the auditorium Sunday and I was like, wow, this looks amazing. And so- it felt like it was overnight. I know it's not overnight. So can you kind of give us a little glimpse into the work that's gone into preparing yeah. for the Christmas season here? My team is magic. That yeah. is true. Um, I hired actual magic people to do magic. Things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but they also have a team of incredible magic volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, the wooden trees that you see in the lobby. Um, that was an idea that I saw on the internet that I passed along to Jim Swanson and he just whipped them right up yeah. overnight. Um, and then I think Kylie and um, Jeremy painted them in the shop. I mean, it, it takes an army to, to pull off what you see. Mm-hmm. There's a team of volunteers who just help turn the sanctuary around whenever, yeah. whenever we want to change the design of the sanctuary. That could be for Christmas. That could be for Easter or for anything. Mm-hmm. They show up on a Tuesday night, this crew, and they put a couple of hours in and next thing you know, bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, there's bang, poinsettias boom. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there's poinsettias everywhere. And the design, the, the, the design of the South Auditorium comes from the production team, the mind of the production yeah. team. That's Ryan and, and Shelby and Zach. And it just it feels great. so Seriously. warm and like beautiful. Fire uh, fireplaces on the screens. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And People couches. In their socks. There's couches everywhere. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> it's warm and cozy and it's exactly what snuggly. we wanted. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So yeah. big ups to everybody who did yeah, that. Cause that, absolutely. I was, I, I walked in Sunday and I was just like, man, this looks incredible. Yeah. Um, I, we had a, a weekend experience Christmas party last night. That was super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, karaoke was fun. Some of our behind the scenes production folks <laughs> took the mic and got up there got and up there, did karaoke. Put it all out there. It was awesome. It was really fun. It was fun. But uh, then I left that party and went to the choir rehearsal that was happening in uh, North 256. So again, another shout out, um, to Deb Bergman, who is helping to run these choir rehearsals for our Christmas Eve service. Yeah. Um, and a shameless plug. We are having a choir. Hey. Ooh, people have been asking me. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just um, reach out to me or reach out to Deb. Oh, uh, that choir is for Christmas Eve? For Christmas Eve. All right, great. Yep. That's the 23rd and 24th. Yeah. And you don't yep. have to be able to make it to all services, but. That's yeah. the, uh, I was in choir last time. Mm-hmm. Are you guys doing the chin masks again? Um. Depending on where we are in the room, I think. We, yeah. we, I was just talking to How Deb about that. How long do I have that. to wear this mask? <laughs> Did you enjoy? the reason you asked Did that? you no, enjoy the chin, yeah. the chin masks look like a motorcycle windshield. Like mm-hmm. just. Yeah. 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 We went to um, the State Museum this past weekend because they're showing the Polar Express at the IMAX theater. And so we took the boys to the State Museum and Santa had one of those chin masks on, <laughs> which made his beard look <laughs> insane. <laughs> 
And uh, the boys were f- freaked out at the mask because it looked like he just had a like glass a glass case around his <laughs> mouth, and so they couldn't hear him. He's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it it didn't go well. So, um, yeah. good luck if you have to use those. Thank you, again. thank you, Tyler. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but no, things are coming together. Like Barry, I feel the crush of Chris- Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is the work that it takes to get to the parts we love, the parts mm-hmm. we enjoy. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. And good news. We like, it just gets easier for after Christmas. Like, Is that right? Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Sunday comes every week, everybody. Yeah. So that, that's, it, that's really easy for me to forget a lot. Is like, we're putting so much energy into, into Christmas things and all these things happening in December. We get to like December 20th and we're like, what are we doing in January? Right. And yeah. I just sent somebody a text the other day. It was a picture I saw. And so I grabbed it and I sent it to them and it said, adulthood is saying, but after this week, things will slow down a bit over and over until you die. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yep. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which is a funny joke, but after this week, <laughs> things, things are going to get a lot better. Yeah. Uh, over yeah. and right. over. Uh, all right, guys, we are in a new sermon series and that sermon series is called Peace on Earth. And we are in week one. We just wrapped up week one. We're heading into week two. Yeah. So usually when we start a new series, I like to say, what are we hoping to accomplish for the series? And then let's dig into the actual sermon from this past week. So Barry, you are preaching every week. Yep. And uh, so you are the perfect person to tell us what you hope everybody <laughs> comes away with this month as yeah. we focus on this series. So the original thought behind it was, I mean, honestly, it was just the phrase. We, we always say the phrase peace on earth at Christmas time. And I just thought- man, this feels like a great year that for peace, it would be nice for us to experience that. Yeah. Even just as, as a congregation, just to have a second to breathe, to feel like, oh, things are okay. And so that's how it kind of began is how could we talk about what it means? How, how does the birth of Jesus bring peace on earth? And specifically like when the angels show up to the shepherds and tell them, declare peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Like what did what did they mean? Did the birth of Jesus actually do that? If so, can we get a part of that? Can we get us some of that uh, in this awful 2021? So all that to say- surprise you. <laughs> and so we, that's where, that's where it started. And so I, I, somewhere along the line, as I was working through what the messages could be, I realized that there, there, it could be interesting to kind of start in our own hearts and work our way outward. Yeah. So this past weekend, we looked at how do we, how does the birth of Jesus bring peace in our hearts? Mm-hmm. This coming week, it'll be, you know, peace in our family. The week after that, peace in our community. And the final mm-hmm. week, Christmas Eve, will be peace in our world. Mm-hmm. And so in each week, we're just kind of exploring how does the birth of Jesus bring peace in those different spheres? So that's, that's what we're, that's what we're looking at. Yeah. So this particular week, you said we, we talked about how, um, we can experience peace in our hearts, peace in our hearts. So yeah. what was the kind of the big idea of this week, um, that you wanted people to walk away with? Yeah. We looked at, uh, a passage in Philippians four, where the apostle Paul is describing, encouraging his readers to, as we already joked, rejoice in the Lord always. Yep. And again, I say rejoice. Yep. Don't be anxious you about rejoice. <laughs> don't be anxious about anything. And he says, he says, bring your request to God. And then the peace of God uh-huh. will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so I wanted to just explore that and poke into that a little bit because it seems, it seems idealistic. It seems impossible. And it seems like he's painting the picture of something that's just out of, out of reach. It's unattainable. 
Um, but he doesn't seem to be speaking in hyperbole. So let's, let's explore it. So ultimately what I came to is this, this sort of conclusion that for Paul, peace in our hearts is possible if we fix our thoughts, fix our minds on what's true. And what's true is that the Lord is near. The Lord is yeah. near is, is the literal, the, the literal, um, translation of the phrase that, that the NLT translates as the Lord is coming soon. Mm -hmm. And I explained that the Lord is near could mean two different things. It could mean that Lord is coming soon in the, in the sense of, uh, his God's intentions, his, his, uh, desires for the world are on the way they are coming. New creation is on the way. And so we can have peace Mm -hmm. knowing that God is working to transform this world and it's happening now. And it's going to happen fully then in, yeah. in the future. And we can participate in that, which should be able to give us peace, which allows us to yeah. rejoice or Lord is near. The Lord is near could mean that he's close to us. He's nearby. He's with, he's, he's around us and he's within us. So when we're facing challenges and difficulties and pain and grief and all of it, we can know with full confidence that he is near, he's with us. And, yeah. uh, and that can give us peace. God rules. Yeah. And so, all that to say, the Lord is near is is a phrase that we can meditate on, and I believe it can give us or can invite us into a place of peace. And so I mm-hmm. introduced the idea of a of a breath prayer that we could use that that phrase, the Lord is near, for whichever of the two meanings means most it speaks most to us right now, uh, as a way of of beginning to try to grasp some of the peace of God that I talked yeah. about. All right, good. So let's uh, let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Philippians 4, verse 4, or starting at verse 4. Um, I'm going to read part of it because I want to do a little deep dive on some of these things that stood out to me as you were preaching. Philippians 4, verse 4 starts and, and it says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Okay, so we've, we've yeah. talked about that. Um, does be full of joy, what does that mean? Does that mean just smile a lot? Like, <laughs> Is it, it, what's the difference between, cause when I, I, you, you talked about this, like, is Paul being ridiculous? Is he using hyperbole? Um, when I have read this historically, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I brush right past it. Cause I'm like, there's yeah. no way I can, I can be full of joy all the time. Uh, and then I start asking what does full of joy mean? Does that just mean smile a lot? Does that just mean I'm happy? I'm supposed to be happy all the time. Like what, what does full of joy mean? Well, I think in the context of what we, what I just mentioned and in the context of the rest of the passage, I think the, the joy that he's talking about here is an overflow that comes from the recognition of God's, God's work in the world, his presence in the world. And it's, it's, it's not, I don't think of it. And we've talked about this before on the pod. I don't think of joy as just like saccharine being smiling. Happy. It's not yeah. just, yeah, it's just for, you know, forced mandatory fun. It's not like, I, I think of joy as something that dwells up from a deep place yeah. where even in the midst of grief, even in the midst of pain, there can be joy because we recognize what God is, who God is. We recognize his love, his grace, and it, it overflows into a, uh, a much deeper place than simply mm-hmm. happiness, mm-hmm. even though, I think happiness can be an expression of that joy. I don't, I don't think it's just like, Hey, tamp down your negative emotions and smile all the time. Yeah. It's interesting for me to, you know, thinking about what, what is happening in Paul's life when he's writing this, is this, this happens after the events of acts 
Like, has he already been to prison? Yes, he's been, he's writing this from prison and he's been to Philippi a couple times. Okay, so he's in prison writing about this. So when he says rejoice and have peace, like he knows what he's talking about in the midst of like really hard times. So I don't imagine, I guess, I don't imagine that he's saying being full of joy does not mean an absence of sadness. Right. It means- Joy I, like starts from inside. Maybe happiness starts is like influenced by things outside. Maybe another word that I don't see what you think about this. Another word that might work there is like confidence. Mm. Now let me explain like confidence in the Lord, confidence in what God is doing. I'm, as you were mentioning Paul in prison, I was thinking of some of the reports of the early Christians who were being persecuted or martyred or, you know, being executed for their faith. And <clears throat> there are many stories of, of these Christ followers who were going to their death joyful, rejoicing that they were considered worthy to suffer for the name of the Lord. That's actually an act of some of the disciples, but like, where does that come from? It's not this weird, you know, Kool-Aid drinking happiness. It comes from this confidence that I know death has been defeated. I know that I am now participating with my savior in, in the transformation of this world, whether I live or I die, his will is being accomplished and I get to be a part of it. Like that, that's a confidence that is a, is a, a cause for joy or celebration. Um, I don't know, Maren, what do you think? Yeah. I always go back to like the, the root meaning of the word. Um, what word did, did he use for rejoice? And those are actually super easy to look up by the way. Um, we're, we're not magicians. Um, you could look <laughs> up, you know, just a simple Google search would, would tell you what the word is and it's Cairo in, in the mm-hmm. Greek, which, literally means to be glad, to rejoice, to be glad. Yeah. Um, it also means to be well, to thrive. It's even used as greetings, like a, like a hail, you know, like mm-hmm. a greeting at the beginning of a letter. And so I agree with you, Barry. I think, I think he, again, Tyler, you pointed out he's in, he's in prison when he's writing this. He's telling us, he's reminding us that we can have joy. I think that's what he's doing telling us to rejoice in the Lord always. If I'm the reader of this letter, I'm like, but you're in prison. Yeah. What are you talking about? Right. But he's reminding us, he's giving us confidence that we can have joy. And then he goes on to, to kind of explain in, in what, Mm -hmm. in what can we have joy? I I use the story of Marty, the potbelly pig in my sermon to describe peace, to describe biblical peace, which is, (laughs) which is not simply, a, an absence of violence or warfare. It's mm-hmm. a, it's wholeness, it's completeness. And so I, I said for, for Marty, uh, you know, his life is hardly defined by the predator proof fence that's around <laughs> his enclosure. His life is defined by acorns and sunshine and grass mm-hmm. and blankets and all that stuff. That's what defines his life. That's peace. So for Marty to use him as the example, uh, joy does not mean that he's always happy. Like sometimes cornbread steals a blanket from him or cornbread's a pig cornbread's a pig or beans is like bullying him away from his food dish. Like it happens. So to think like Marty, you should just be happy that that cornbread is stealing your blanket. Yeah. Like, no, that's not what it for, 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 I think for Marty joy would be recognizing and reflecting on what your life, it, what, what is now provided for you in light of where you've been. I mean, in yeah. light of the, the hard scrabble life that he, you know, on the, I guess, literally on the streets at one point. Yeah. Um, now he's living in this sort of abundance. And even when beans steals or your food, 
you're living in a place of abundance and recognizing that is, can, can be a source of joy, even in the midst of the frustration mm-hmm. with cornbread stealing your blankets. So I don't know. I'm anthropomorphizing <laughs> yeah. my pigs to an extreme degree. And Which, I, by the way, did anybody know what that meant? Surely they did. Did 1% of people know what that word meant? That was a good word, Barry. Thank you. What does yeah. that mean? To ascribe human, human emotion. Na- yeah. To, to ascribe to human animals. nature is to, to non-human beings. I think we could use context clues to figure out what that big word meant. <laughs> the amount of people I saw just like immediately shut down when I said no, that. No, no, no. They, they Get like, up, walk they like out. looked at each other. They're, they're like sitting next to each other. And it's like, you said that word. I don't even know how to say it. Nailed it. Uh, they just like looked at each other and like, huh? Oh man, I'm sorry. I, I assumed that was more of a common knowledge word. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Well, I- you're, you're also the guy who reads uh, books about octopuses Octopies. Actually, uh, it is octopus. Octopuses. <gasps> no. Octopuses' uh, cognitive abilities on the beach. It's true. Yeah. So the cognitive abilities in the ocean. I was on the beach reading. To be clear. <laughs> yeah. 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 English, wait. English. There's man. more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get. We're off let's track. Keep, come we're on, way come off on. track. All right. So uh, the verse, the passage continues. It says, uh, "Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead of about, instead pray about everything." Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So reading it at its face, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this, I'm hearing you talk and I'm like, okay, in order for me to experience God's peace, I have to tell him what I need and thank him, like have a posture of gratitude. Mm. And you say God's peace is uh, shalom. That's in Hebrew. That's the word peace. Yeah. Which is. Uh, the presence of God, uh, this idea of the garden of Eden, it's not just an absence of war. Right. And so that made me think of, um, where else, where else does this get talked about? And I, I don't know why I'm not like, I'm not Marin. I'm not like a Bible. Like I'm I'm not like, (laughs) what am I? Well, I'm it's waiting. Like, a Bible. Finish like, this sentence. It's like I say the word peace, and Marin's got six Bible verses that talk about peace, Come like on off now. the top of on the tip of her tongue. You so, have a cell phone too. <laughs> so uh, I thought of Isaiah 54, uh-huh. where I looked it up, uh-huh. and it says, uh, "Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed." And I've heard that verse a lot, hmm. but when you put it in the context of Garden of Eden and like God's desire for that to happen and, and um, us to be in his presence. When thinking of Eden, that verse all of a sudden makes total sense to me. Like mm. no matter what craziness is going on, the mountains yeah. are shaking. The hills are being removed. My unfailing love for you will not be shaken or my covenant of peace be removed. So my mm. covenant of peace is like, I, my covenant of like my presence, like my, and your wholeness and well being. Yeah won't be removed. So it that will happen. When I started thinking about that, I'm like, Oh, well that makes total sense mm. now. And that also applies to 2021 because it feels like the mountains are shaking and the hills yeah. are being removed. Yeah. Um, I don't know when you guys hear the word like Marin, when you guys, when you hear the word peace at this time of year, what do you, what does that register? How does that register with you? It's kind of like Thanksgiving for me. We're supposed to be thankful and have gratitude at the ready year round, but there is a time of year where we hone in and focus on the idea of gratitude and thankfulness. I feel like that's what peace is with Christmas, Mm -hmm. that we have this peace available to us year round, Mm -hmm. that we experience this peace 
maybe in varying degrees, but we experience it year round. We talk about it year round, but we do have a designated time of year for us to hone in and focus on this uh, eternal covenant, this promise yeah. that this exists and it's available to us. Mm-hmm. So every, every year when it comes around again, it's, it's not new probably to, to most of us. Maybe there's somebody who's just discovering faith and this, this concept of peace is brand new to them. But to many of us, it, it can be like a, here we go again thing. Yeah, I have to discipline myself and make myself not feel that way mm. about the, here we go again thing. Cause mm. wasn't I just singing songs about peace 12 mm-hmm. months ago <laughs> and here I go again, it's 12 months later and time to dust off the peace songs. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to not be cynical in that way. Yeah. It's a good discipline to remember, um, peace, which is one of the fruits of the spirit. Mm. It's something again, that we, we exercise and we talk about all year, but we get a chance to really shine a light on it and focus in on it in the month of December. And all the stuff that goes around Christmas is either, it's both a good help reminder and also a bad thing because when Christmas comes around, we also think of being cozy. We think of fires, we think of fuzzy socks, we think of hot chocolate and that can invoke in us a sense of well being and peace, Mm. which can be, it's good to associate like, oh yeah, Yeah. this is a, can be a peaceful time. However, it's also potentially dangerous because it makes us think that when we talk about peace on earth, all we're talking about is warm socks and hot chocolate and coziness. So it's a bit of a, you know, double-edged sword. That's not the right use of double-edged sword. Paul did not have a warm, cozy fire in prison. No, no. He did not have hot chocolate in prison. I mean. That we know of. I doubt they had chocolate at all. (laughs) That's a really hot take. That's a hot take that he didn't have. <laughs> but if he is telling us in his, you know, cold and um gloomy circumstances that the peace of God will guard our hearts and that we can rejoice in the Lord always, mm-hmm. what does that look like in a traffic jam? What does that look like in yeah. a long line in the store? What does that look like when I'm running from thing to thing to thing, holiday party to school performance, to holiday party, to school performance, to practice, to rehearsal? What does it mean? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, literally verses later, just a couple of verses later, Paul says, now I'm, I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little. I know what it is to have plenty in any and all circumstances. I have learned the secret of being well-fed and and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's so that's his secret for mm-hmm. not having hot chocolate in prison. Well, and, and, and fixing his mind in, mm. as he said in verse eight, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely mm. and admirable. Think he, that's all he had, right? Were yeah. his thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's all he had. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. New King James. I wish. Grace Church. <laughs> NLT. Uh, <laughs> All right. So fix your thoughts on what's true. I'm going to respond to, as I'm thinking about what you just said in the passage, fix your thoughts on what's true. And Barry, you said, what is true is the Lord is near. Mm-hmm. Right. So that that could possibly mean two things. And you think that Paul's meaning both. Could be. Yeah. I um, think so. I, Cause I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think they're, they're one and the same in a, in a sense. Yeah. So he's, He's either making things new uh, and is coming or Christ is near me, regardless if it's happy times or trials or 
whatever. So therefore I can choose to rejoice. Yeah. Um, so the idea of not worrying about anything and the idea of rejoicing, like Paul is not saying, I wish you would, or can you rejoice? Like right. he's telling people to do these hey, things. Yeah. Make a choice. Yeah. Do it. Which joy. I've never thought of joy as a decision mm. I get to make. Like Paul is telling us to rejoice. Hmm. He's telling us not to worry. He's not saying, I hope you guys don't worry. There's nothing to worry about. Right. He's saying, don't worry. Right. Which makes it a choice. <laughs> and so, okay, two questions. One, if I do worry, am I sinning? Hmm. And two, did you guys, have you guys always thought of joy as a choice? I think I think of joy as a posture and, and therefore something I can choose to to do or not to do. Yeah. I can take a posture of gratitude. I can take a posture of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not purely circumstantial. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I just preached on grief a couple of weeks ago. I think there are lots of times that I must choose joy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the choice of joy does not mean the absence of sadness. Like right. We're, we're also told to weep with those who weep. Yes. So, yeah. right. Joy is absent of that whole like thought. Joy is a choice in spite of being sad. You know, like we are sad, but we can still choose a posture of peace and joy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think we, we have to do that and it might look different for different people. For me, um, again, in, in times of grief, I, I still lead worship on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I still have to choose. <laughs> yeah. I have to choose joy and I pray for joy because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm -hmm. And so in those moments of like, Oh, but I just want to bury my face in a pillow. Mm -hmm. I have to pray for the joy of the Lord to be my strength and Mm -hmm. get me through, um, some difficult situations, um, and use me in spite of, you know, how weak I feel, Mm -hmm. you know, but his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So it's, it just all goes together. All of these scriptures. King James. Good. (laughs) Uh, so you yeah. guys are both married to sevens on the Enneagram. Yeah, it's a real. And I'm a seven. It's a treat. In, it's a, in, it, I'm a seven. Christmas a is like <laughs> it's a treat. an explosion of seven. But what <laughs> what sevens have have going for us, which is our it's our greatest strength and greatest weakness, is we just don't have to feel bad. We can literally. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like if something bad's happening or yeah. like an emotion is deep or and it hurts us, we can just be like. I'm just not going to think about it. I'm just going <laughs> to not feel bad. Yes, yeah. And you yes. know that happens. Yeah. And it's like yes. and our best advice to you, uh, you know, our spouses yeah. who are not sevens when they're going through something is, well, have you tried just not feeling that way? <laughs> um, but I don't think that's oh, what, yeah. the idea of choosing joy. I don't think that's what it means. Cause obviously I'm, I say that joking, knowing that we just yeah. stuff yeah. our emotions down deep and never really deal with do. them. And <laughs> you really do. And it's a lot of work to become a healthy seven means engaging your emotions and actually uh-huh. staying we, in the room with them. We just had, you had know, one such know. interaction this week. Someone <laughs> in Jed's family took like one of those DNA tests and it's mm. like revealing some stuff oh. from generations ago. Ooh. And it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It, I've been thinking about about what it means for my children who oh. I thought were one nationality, but it turns out they're not. They're okay. Interesting. It's so here's been, your six popping out. Oh just man. Like worrying. And I'm just, well, I'm just, I'm thinking about all yeah. of the facets and yeah. everything yeah. this means. And I'm looking at my husband cause it's his family. And he's <laughs> like, I just stopped thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. How could you just stop thinking about it? Yeah. This is like earthquaking, amazing <laughs> stuff. 
I just stopped thinking about that. That is yeah. pretty awesome. So anyway, what I was going to say, cause that's, that's totally how, and it's also why sevens so quickly self-medicate. Cause if we can't just turn it off, we'll go to anything that's going to take our minds off of it. Yeah. It's, it's not a good thing. It's challenging, but yeah. that's not what it, what I think he's getting at when he talks about rejoicing always. What I think it is to me, it is choosing to fix your thoughts on the concept that the world is being made new. Like mm-hmm. to, to fix your thoughts on new creation and on, on what Christ's death and resurrection accomplished for us, mm-hmm. the freedom that, so it's, it's living in such a way it's living as if the world is being made new, mm-hmm. like living as if all the stuff that, that scripture claims is true and is coming to fruition. And, and to me that can lead to a kind of joy that, or a kind of peace that goes beyond our, our ability to even comprehend. It's a, it's a choice of how we live. It's living as if a certain concept is true. And that concept is that everything's being made new and we can participate in it. So because he's telling us to do it, if we choose not to do it. Oh, is it a sin? Yeah. That's your other question. All right. So on one hand, let me just, I'm going to respond to that in two ways. <laughs> Mary moves her mic. She's like, I know nah, nah. this isn't for Here's, me. Here we go. On one hand, if you're just talking, if you think of sin as like uh, very bad things that we do that break a list of sins in the Bible that, that God doesn't, that, you know, murder, hatred, all that stuff. If, if you think of that as a sin, <laughs> yeah. and it's like a list, then, then, then no, it's not a, it's not a sin. However, if you think of sin the way that I have been growing in my thinking of where it's and sin is missing the mark of anything other than God's intentions for mm-hmm. this world and God's best for us. If sin is any, which it includes like anything from like thinking negatively of yourself, of, of your own image bearing capacity, thinking like mm. I'm worthless or whatever, even though God says you have worth, like anything that's apart from the perfect design that God has for you, if any of it's sin, then yeah, if you're not rejoicing after having Christ like redeem you, then, yeah. then sure it's sin. But I say that knowing that immediately we hear that and we think, oh, so that makes me a sinner. So I'm evil. So, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying mm-hmm. sin, if, if sin is anything other than Eden for humanity, then, then yeah, yeah, that's not what we're, that's not our best Yeah, is, is, is to avoid rejoicing. So I, I don't know. That's probably too nuanced of an answer. Um, well, I, I, mean, I, I guess yeah. I'll put it this way. The very best that God has in store for us is that we would live a life full of peace and mm-hmm. joy. That's what he desires for us. Mm-hmm. And if we're not living into that, don't think of it as like mounting up sins that, that displease God. Think of it as uh, God is watching. <laughs> think of it as, as <laughs> like a, 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 your child making a choice that is less than their best. And you're grieved as their parent. Cause you want them to experience yeah wholeness, but you see them doing things that are self-destructive. That, that maybe is where, where the difference is. I think it's not a sin to worry any more than it is a sin to be angry. But the Bible says to be angry and do not sin. So when we worry, what do we do with that worry? Do we hoard our worry? Do we make ourselves gods and think that we can solve all of our problems if we just, and I'm talking to myself because as, as a six on the Enneagram, I've got to have a backup plan for my backup plans. Mm -hmm. I have to be the one who is in control Mm -hmm. of the situation Mm -hmm. so that I can feel any kind of peace. Mm -hmm. And the real challenge for me is to give my worry over to God. Or as I said, a couple of weeks ago, give my grief over to God and not just try to white knuckle my way through, through life. That is my challenge. It's human to worry. 
it's human to be angry. Yeah. But be angry and do not sin. I think we could say worry and do not sin. What do we do? What do we do with the human emotions of worry and anger? Where do we go with them? Yeah. Do we internalize them and do we hoard them or do we trust and surrender them? Yeah. Yeah. I would say my, my challenge is like the joy part. Cause I don't worry that much. Like we've got some situations in the family right now that is causing some worry in, in between Lauren and I, but for me, I've, I, I worry is not the thing I'm feeling. It's the, it's the, it's the, um, choice against joy or something. Like I'm not mm. choosing joy. That's my challenge where mm. it's like, I kind of flourish by not being <laughs> 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 like, I, I, I want to dwell. Yeah. In the, in I the dwell rage. because I like feeling like I can <laughs> scorch earth and solve all these problems. But so that's my challenge is like mm. the joy handing over my rage to in, in place of joy. Mm or to receive joy or to feel joy or to be joyful. It has been if you my were, version of that. If you were Paul in prison, you'd be spending your time just like raging about like how yeah. you're, how you're going to get back at whoever yeah. put you there. Or yeah, like my yeah. feet are in shackles. Like there's nothing to be joyful about. Like let's <laughs> down with the man. <laughs> yeah. Is that why the believe God clip is your favorite? You use that one. I think yeah. every episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's my all time fave. <laughs> That one and this one. You're a grown up boy. Yeah. Those, those are the classics. It's the rage of believe God, believe yeah. God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> believe God. <laughs> well, now you've got the rejoice one or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. new one. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's move on and talk a little bit about breath prayers. This has been a long running um, thing that we've brought up from time to time at Grace Church. Marin, you even said just a minute ago, like, you have to pray the Lord is my strength. Mm-hmm. Is the, that, a, would you call that Lord? a breath prayer? You know, it's funny. I never heard the term breath prayer until I came to Grace Church. Yeah. Mm. But it's something I think I've been doing my whole life. Like mm. pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing? I mean, you breathe without ceasing. Yeah. So how do you pray without, without ceasing? And I, I don't know. It's just something that I think I've always I've always had that within me. I remember a friend, even as a teenager saying like, it's just so weird the way you can just like, you know, be behind the wheel and be like, walk with me, Lord. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. you've got the, you've got the, I don't know if it's a cultural thing. I, I don't know, but I didn't know it was called a breath prayer until I yeah. came here. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What are your breath prayers when your kids are behind the wheel? <laughs> and you're, you're in the car. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah. uh, break, break, break. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It's, I think that's when I stop breathing is when, I'm, yeah. when my kids are driving me around. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I've had some long running breath prayers and they, they sound a lot like yours, Barry. Um, abide with me, mm. walk with me. Mm-hmm. All of that is an indication of his nearness. The Lord is near. The Lord is with us. Emmanuel, he's God with us. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a reminder of that nearness. Sometimes I can remember just like talking out loud and pretending like Jesus was sitting in the front seat of my car mm-hmm. on, on long car trips or whatever, especially when my mom was sick and I was driving back and forth to Chicago a ton. I'd have three straight hours to just, just speak to him as though he's near because I know he's near. Mm-hmm. Now that I can do for long stretches of time, but these breath prayers are walking down the hallway between meetings. You know, it's, 
yeah, it's in the grocery store. It's wherever it's wherever, wherever I can, wherever I may find myself breathing mm-hmm. is where I may find myself praying. I think what makes breath prayers interesting. And I don't, I don't know if there's any sort of like, I don't know, official backup, backup for what a breath prayer is. I don't even know where I heard of it. I just started saying it because I heard someone else talk about it. I thought, yeah. oh, that's a handy way to talk about it. The, mm-hmm. the thing that makes breath prayers so useful, I think there's there's two things. One is it's such a simple simple concept. You're not having to have this long, you know, long drawn out, yeah. out idea that you have to like unpack in your mind. It's one concept. Yeah. But the thing that, that, the other thing that makes it really cool is that because it's that one concept, as you're rolling it around in your mind, it's, it's kind of like, it's like the, uh, redemptive version of worrying, worrying the, wor- mm-hmm. the word worry. Mm-hmm. We talk about worrying. Like if someone has like a, a little, they have like a, like I had a little blanket growing up when I was a little baby and I would, I would just worry the corner. You're that's, a grown up boy. That's, that's the old fashioned use of the word worry. <laughs> I would just sit there and like play with yeah. my thumb on the corner of that blanket and wear it down to, to nothing. And that's what we do when we worry. We, we, we dwell on a concept and worry on it, worry. And a breath prayer is almost like, it's almost like the opposite version of that where we are worrying, but we're worrying on a, on a, on an idea that is true. We're mm-hmm. fixing our thoughts on the truth. And by doing that, and this is what you do when you worry and have anxiety is that you start looking at the same concept from every possible angle. And you ask so many different questions about it. When I was at the end of my, my message, I did a little brief time where I just breathed the prayer, the Lord is near Mm -hmm. so that people could have an opportunity just to kind of sit in it for a minute. So I was the one doing the praying and everybody was just kind of there. But, but as I was praying it, I found that every time I said it, I probably said it eight times, seven times, every time I said it, it meant something slightly different to me in my Mm. mind. And it actually, I was like, there was one moment where it got really emotional for me as I was saying it, because I was immediately thinking, I was thinking the Lord is near to us as Grace Church. And the next time I thought about it, it was like, the Lord is near to that person that I know of in the room right now, who's grieving. Mm -hmm. The Lord is near, like this broken world's going to get better. And I'm joy. It was like, Mm -hmm. it was actually a pretty profound experience. Mm -hmm. And then, and then at one point I found myself like extending my arm because I realized I'm praying over grace yeah. church. The mm-hmm. Lord is near right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it took on all these different facets and meanings. And mm-hmm. so when we can worry on a true idea, it, it, and I'm, you know, the word worry, I'm talking about like the dwell dwelling on it. Mm-hmm. It, it can give us new insights to a very simple concept that is actually really profound. I wish. All right. So, you know, those apps that, um, when you slouch it, like, buzzes you. (laughs) I wish there was some version of that where it's like, if you're worrying or if you're not, if you're, if you've ceased praying, it like buzzes you and you're like, oh yeah, I got to do the breath. I feel like my Apple watch does that. I feel like every time it's like, it's time to breathe, Marin. Have you breathed today? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, you caught me. Yeah. So that would be my trigger to, hey, hey, you got to relax. Hey, (laughs) relax. That would be my trigger to uh, do the breath prayer because I could just use that, uh, that rejoice in the Lord always sound clip and just have it play at random intervals throughout the day. That's, that's my tone for when somebody texts me or something. Sounds terrible. Um, All right. So I think we covered it all. Where do we go next? So now we're going to talk about, about peace in my family and I'm going to acknowledge this in my message, but family does not necessarily just mean you know, two kids, parents, and a dog. Like it's not necessarily the, the biological family. We all have some form of family, whether we are close to them, estranged from them. Yeah. We all have parents. We all have, have, uh, connections with others that would, so what does it look like to have peace in those 
situations. So right. um, I think, I think it'll be interesting. It'll be really another interesting sort of exploration of, of what the peace of God is in light of the birth of Jesus. Yeah. All right. And then is after that Christmas? Nope. Then we okay. have one more weekend <laughs> okay. peace in my community. Yes. Okay. And then we'll talk about peace in the world on Christmas Eve. Okay. Uh, that makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> we're, we're radiating outward. Yeah. We started yeah. Yeah. peace with us and then we're the rings, the ripples. That's right. The rings, the ripples. All right, cool. So we'll look forward to that. We'll be back next week. Marin, will you please send us out? I sure will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>